We've been there. This is not in a good light, but I'm like, I'm gonna... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> we back. He would start recording right when of I'm course. about to go in. So I saw our live. Y'all, we back. Yes. Not yes. our live, our, your story. Anyways, oh. digressing. I looked at myself. <laughs> I was like, this is not cute oh. at all, but it's high. Oh, my goodness. Well, welcome back, y'all, uh, yes, to part welcome. two of State of the World. This is A Seat at the Table with your host, the future Dr. Zoe, and of course, Lady Z here, my co-host. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ellie She's out and about right now. She yes. can be with us, but she's in care of her mom due to personal reasons, but we miss you, girl. We do. You are here with us in spirit, um, but... Yes, but this is part two of the the world, more so speaking to identity. Honey. And I'm just going to put this disclaimer out there right now. This is a hot button topic, identity, and we are going to raise some hot button issues Mm. and stories. So if you are easily triggered, if you are sensitive related to topics of identity please sexual right now, identity yes, gender identity please all them identities go ahead and cut this off right now and go ahead and bump your music and enjoy the rest of your Sunday Amen. before you start work this week preach it but yeah this is a brave space where we like to challenge the status quo if you will um, oh, where child. we question things as they come up, in case you haven't got that from all of our episodes that we have done, let me just go ahead and put that out there now. But yeah, the state of the world. So just a recap of last episode. So we talked about historical trauma mm-hmm. and its implications on race and culture and how, again, we need to refocus and understand that in order to change we have to first start with ourselves and allow it to ripple effect ultimately into the macro level where we excuse me unify and come together and unite with not just all of us as a people Mm -hmm. but also other cultures and nationalities as well Mm -hmm. and Z was touching on it a little bit. I don't know I'm, how I'm, we got to that, yeah. but um, more so, we'll just begin with starting with healing yourself on a micro level, in turn, which again ties in directly into this topic, which is identity and roles. And I'm just happy you're starting it like this because um, y'all know I want to go for the judge. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go for the whole jugular right now, but, but I can't. So um, I yeah, so this is part two of that state of the world identity. And this is what we're talking about right now. I'm so, um, I don't know how to start this. I don't know if you want to just jump right into I mean, it. I don't want to. Because clearly you're ready. I really am, but I want to go for the jugular right now. But, so, go ahead. But, okay, so I'll. Because you're on fire right now. So go ahead. I'll start with, with Say, um, because that 
It's probably the oh, is this a child? Okay, sorry. Oh yeah, y'all. We still yeah. we still in Malibu at the park. FYI. And it was a child, and I was concerned because they're right by my wheel of my car. Um, anyway, yeah, digressing. So, say was mm. essentially something that the Lord gave um, by the grace of God to to myself, and as far as what it ultimately will deal with what um, I'm we're actually working on um, beginning this summer will be something along the lines of uh, dismantling labels and removing labels, dealing with self-rejection, womb rejection, uh, different things, um, different aspects of rejection and um, associated experiences uh, that can potentially cause someone to not only not like themselves, hate themselves, um, but also want to make moves towards um, getting away from whoever they are, um, whoever they might have been born to be. Um, and no, this is not just limited to someone, because a lot of people automatically go to the sexual side of things and gender-specific side of things, and this is not that, but it's to deal with that because... Um, a lot of times we have our different identities. I personally believe in God-given identities um, because I believe he is our creator. Um, just amen. so y'all know, that's kind of the premise we come from, just FYI. Amen. So uh, I know everybody does not have the same belief system, and that's just fine. We and respect okay. that. Definitely respect that. But that is, from my belief system, that's my purview. So there we go. There's that. Now, whenever I believe... Um, whenever something happens that is negative or whatever that may look like it could be from someone bullying someone mm -hmm. to um uh, even how parents handle their children and mm -hmm. that child can grow up to really not like a few things about themselves um what have you there's a whole myriad of things plethora of things that can happen and that person can then take on um, other labels and other identities uh, because they're trying to one deal with it with the, deal with whatever trauma deal with whatever hurt pain bitterness whatever it looks like without actually dealing with it if you will um but the identity a new identity can help in that or so that person thinks and unfortunately when we deviate from god's plan um, and no, this is not Drake's song, but God's plan. We deviate from that and try to make ourselves into being something else. Um, it might work at first, but then eventually it's going to create even more confusion. And then you'll add on more identities. A person could add on more identities and more things that they identify with uh, to further um, help, if you will, air quotes, that whatever that confusion is, whatever that void may be, whatever uh, may be happening that with what used to work that is now not working so you see the layer of the issues that can be that can be in place and i want to start with say because that was you know shameless plug but i think that's probably the perfect uh way to set up what we're going to be talking about i mean and i'm glad you started that because it's interesting because it kind of it ties into what we were talking about earlier and that is is that if when, like you said, when you deviate from his plan, when you deviate from 
these things, which again, if we're being, if we're being truthful, we all do at some point in our lives, we all deviate and go our way thinking we've got this. We're thinking that we know ourselves. We think we got it all figured out. But ultimately, as he was mentioning, like you can attach things to yourself and you can label yourself as things that essentially what you're trying to do is cover up or fill a hole that can never be filled from things on this earth. It was just it was just being honest because and I can say from personal experience that in my own way, I've done that. Like I've stepped out of stepped out of line, stepped off the beacon path, if you will, and try to walk this thing on my own. Because like, as he was saying, like based on my experiences, based off of what I've gone through growing coming up, like, you know, as, as we kind of referred to earlier, again, I felt like, well, I don't need nobody. Like, I don't want to be bothered with nobody. I don't want to, I don't want no type of connection with people, even though deep down I did want that deconnection. But I was playing myself because ultimately, and that's and that's the thing about the conscious, your conscious, if you really listen to it, like especially a spirit filled conscience, that if you're really being honest with yourself, you're doing your, at least for me, I was cutting myself off from people. Because I did, because I was trying to cut myself off from the hurt. Hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that you're gonna, you're gonna have to deal with that when you're dealing with people because people are hurting, and a lot of the hurt that you feel isn't so much your own; it's people themselves who are hurting and trying to deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with, and. The issue with me was instead of really calling it out and really saying like, while that was hurtful, where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. I've allowed myself to be that punching bag for people, even though I didn't have to, but for the sake of the friendship, for the sake of, you know, it being family, for the sake of whatever label you want, you know, you want to give it significant other, whatever, you know, I've allowed that to happen, but that's only because I do. I wasn't secure within myself and my identity to say, to put up that boundary and say, I'm not going to tolerate this, the disrespect. I'm not going to tolerate you bleeding all over me when, if I'm being honest, I want to know, I want to care because you're my friend. I want to know I want to care because you're my family. But if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to at least give me some type of leeway in, then what is this that we're doing? Like, what type of relationship is this? Is it one-sided? Is it, what do you want to call it? Mm-hmm. And so I say that to, you know, again, I say all that to say that you know, in terms of what we're about to get into, more specifically gender identity, sexual identity, all this other stuff. I will, preface, I will preface this by saying you're not just your sexuality. You're not just your gender. You're not just your race. You're not just 
you know, one aspect. And I think a lot of us kind of misconstrued that with our, with, in terms of identity. And that is, is that it's, it's more than one thing. And I say that because of his spirit and how it operates. Let me read over there. <laughs> oh, what I'm about to read to, okay. to everybody. Um, I just want to make sure <laughs> I have it. But, um, yeah, like his spirit, everything covers a multitude of things. And your identity, you can, uh, you can probably help me with this. It's not, it's, it's more than just one aspect. <laughs> it's a lot of things. So your identity is not just your your race, it's not just your gender. Right. It, whether biological or transitionary. Um <laughs> it's uh, a multitude of things. It's a exactly. Lot of things. So, so go ahead with what you was gonna be. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. If that was offensive, I apologize with that transition <clears throat> aspect of uh your gender. But um to kick this off, a friend okay. of mine, uh, actually, I went to, and I want to quote her on this one. Her name is, well, her name is Benita, but her first name is Catherine. And um, she is ooh, um, a friend of mine from high school. And she posted something, says, does God have a gender? And short answer, no. Long answer, God has no gender and it means something for us. First look in Exodus chapter three, verses 13 through 14. Moses asked what? is his God's name so Moses can tell the Israelites who sent him. God doesn't give him a gendered name or even what we consider to be a name. God says, I am who I am, or I am the I am. Essentially, the God who has always existed is the one who is sending Moses. Uh, doesn't have any relation to a gender and apparently doesn't need one. But this alone doesn't explain it all. The real question is, why does it matter? Genesis 127, God creates man and woman in God's own image. So God creates separate genders, yet they both, being entirely different, are somehow a representation of God's image. It does not mean we reverse engineer the situation and say that God is both. Rather, we see that each individual is a reflection of God's image. Imago Dei, or die. Um, we are children, and that's Latin. We are children of God created to be God's image. So, like, Mm, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that imago die or imago deity. Exactly. We are exactly. We are children of God created to be like God, yet not God, a reflection of God. So we're not sovereign God, but we reflect him. So recognize that gender is not a human construct. It was created by design, but it is not the definition of who you are because you were made in the image of the great I am. I think that is a perfect preface <laughs> so go the direction you want to i know you've been going <laughs> so go ahead so um i want to preface because uh, i think that you know I, I since we put in god first let's actually put him first and that's a good and biblical reference of who he is um el shaddai means the many-breasted one it's um one of god's names but it means the many-breasted one it's hebrew and 
a lot of people, if you know what it means, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? Yes, no, God is a nurturer, but he's also... He's also a, a man's man, as you see it with Jesus and how he was on this earth as a carpenter. So, yes, he's everything. So that's my sidebar. Going through to what uh, what we're talking about um, is gender. Yeah, we're born with we're born who we are. We're born either male or female. And that's it. And as spoken previously, both created to be uh to dominate this world and that is according to scripture um the women will do it their way men will do it their way that is our role now to speak to some of the differences that have popped up um that we've noticed as far as not only gender being something that someone can change about themselves but also speaking to where it started, which was more of a sexual preference. And now it's become something that uh, people would rather, well, not even rather, but they more so identify with, with their full identity versus it just being a sexual preference. I'm curious to find out why we've, how we've even gotten to this space um, because initially it was just sexual. And now it's something that we're like, wait, I don't even, it's not even just sexual. Like now the narrative is I don't even like what I was born as. I don't feel comfortable in what I was born as. I believe I should have been born this. And even though God is perfect and what he makes is perfect, regardless of what we might, how we may misuse it, you know, cause we, some of us overeat, some of us do drugs, some of us drink a lot, some of us just are really hard on our bodies and we stress too much and we don't, you know, don't take care of ourselves. Regardless of what we do, the Lord still made us perfect. And I think when we deviate from any type of perfection, even if we don't want to touch on the gender aspect, when we deviate from that, I think that's where we can get very confused. That's where we can mess up a lot of things. That's where we can open the door to uh, different issues that were not e- that might not even be mm-hmm. issues initially, but they mm-hmm. will become issues because that door is not open. Mm-hmm. I believe that with this movement and switching genders and transgender and all the different gender identities. Um, it is causing a lot of confusion, among other things. And that's just where I will, I'll leave it there. I'm going to let you go because I've been talking. <laughs> I'm trying not to, not to keep that for too long. No, it's, go ahead, no, hop it's, in there, man. No, it's fine because <laughs> I'm just thinking of when you, when you said that, because Ooh. when we think of transitioning, it's a... The the word meaning leaving one state and going into another. Hmm. And really? typically speaking, when that happens, something usually dies. Something usually has to be removed in order for the other thing to be, in order for the other thing to exist. And it's, I think what's, the dangerous thing about it, and I think more so spiritually speaking, just based off of what you read, is we're, we're reflections of the Almighty. We were created in His image. So to say that 
I don't feel comfortable. I don't identify with it. This feeling that I have is so great. And to go from what you were into the opposite, just be mindful and be aware of all that's really dying or all that is being given up through that process because it's not just you know it's not just those those quote unquote uncomfortable feelings but it's something more it's something a lot deeper because you know and I've met and I've met a few those in terms of uh, being trans and identifying as trans and going through that process and how you know they've lost you know not just you know not just family not just you know people in their lives but those who've transitioned and then they kind of live life later because we kind of talked about this too it's like when they finally sit with themselves and truly come I think full circle if you will realizing the error that they made and how a lot of them just feel like you know it was it's in their words and a lot and for the few that talked about it those I met and those I've watched through different videos they it wasn't worth it for them ultimately because for each of them it was it was their it was a personal revelation for them but one of the common themes that a few of them had mentioned was was that it started off as a feeling, but the longer they lived, it was again, it was a hole that they thought it was going to feel when they did that. But deep down, it didn't, it made it worse. Hmm. So. And you know, I don't want to, because. Because uh, I know that not too long ago, mm-hmm. last year, we had this conver- a similar conversation when Always decided to change their branding mm-hmm. as far as the individually wrapped feminine products um, so that it can include or mm-hmm. be more transgender conscious, which, okay, you know, so I won't get too deep into that aspect of it I do want to bring up though um Mitzaya uh, Zaya James um previously known as Zion James and uh Zion James why uh Wade this is the last name yeah Wade James. I'm like where am I getting James yeah. from Zaya Wade, Wade. Yeah. and uh previously Zion Wade and Zion Malachi Aramis Wait, I do not know if I'm saying 
uh, now her other middle name correctly, but um, Miss Zaya, yes, man. Um, he, they, let me get my pronouns right, mm-hmm. are beautiful. Um, very, very beautiful. And actually, if we're gonna, I can say handsome because technically, if we were talking to to us talking about this in Jane Austen times, they would have said a woman was handsome. So, ha, yes, historically, I can call. Mm. <laughs> yes. Fun fact. Okay. Exactly. Fun fact. So, uh, so beautiful and uh, handsome are one and the same. So, I can, I can understand the so much knowledge, very, very smart. And as a parent, I don't know how I would have. Well, I do know how I would have handled it. I don't know how my child would have liked if I handled it, but I'm not here to be my child's friend either. And that's that. But as far as as far as the, I, I won't speak to that because when you're 12, 13, any type of, if you're a child and even as a teenager, you you're everywhere with things like you you're not an adult yet your brain has not even um developed to that point yet it doesn't until you're at least 25 years old if we're going to be honest insurance companies know that that's why 25 you usually see your car insurance go down um in cost because 25 is usually the year that your brain um no longer functions primarily on from an emotional driving point but more from a logical driving point so what he said i'm in layman's terms what he said that's the last last part of the brain to um finish developing and it's usually and it's usually around 25 yes Mm -hmm. and uh yeah layman's terms for me y'all know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i can tell so that being what it is even the idea of of zaya being uh taking the place of Zion I don't know if I agree with that being the case now when Zion becomes an Zaya slash Zion become an adult then it'll be a different situation and I will support and love you no matter what you choose to do because you're my child however at this point I don't know if I could still have the exact same type of support because you are a child and you might not even stay in this mindset. You might not even have these same desires even a year from now. And there are plenty of cases, plenty. I mean, even down to, I forgot the name of the TV show on TLC, um, but uh, same situation. It was a transgender young lady and she actually became she actually uh, started to have a crush on her best friend because biologically she's still a man oh i am jess yeah i am jess thank you mm-hmm. so that's one that's one more publicized instance i've seen other instances that are definitely not you know everybody's um we're, we're all pretty regular people so you're not going to hear about these instances 24 7 and everybody's situations but i've seen them before and it's like okay as as an adult i would have to say 
we need to wait till my child is 18 before we're going to start, before we start um, allowing them to identify in ways that may or may not be totally valid uh, even a year from now. I don't want to be the reason why my child would. Um, and yeah, they can be mad at me all day. I'm okay with that. But there's already enough in this world that my child will have to come up against. I don't want to add an extra label and assist them in adding an extra label or an or an extra change uh, to themselves that can cause that to be that that can cause their life to to be even more intense than what it is now. The other plus side is that Zaya comes from a pretty privileged family. Privileged because both her stepfather, sorry, stepmother and father have done very well for themselves. So it might be received differently, but have that child be in a different situation, wow. live in a different community. Mm. I've seen, unfortunately, seen where teenagers are halfway killed because they're beaten up over things like this. Mm-hmm. And that is what I mean by possibly making it worse, making their lives worse um, in that way by adding to it i will support you i will support who you are all that you are i just will not condone changes in that way not when you're a child when you're 18 do what you gotta do well the thing well the thing about it is is that people need to understand the role of a parent a parent's job is to train up a child in the way they should go so when they get so when they get older they don't depart from it. Scripture. Train up a child. So ultimately a parent's job, whether it's eighteen years, twenty five years, the rest of their lives, whatever time frame you wanna you wanna put you wanna give to your child. Cause I've seen parents who they still parent even though the child is an adult. They still respect their boundaries, but again, I've seen parents who love their children enough to where that's the extent of their love. They go beyond just you out of my house. Um, But but keeping it in terms of... (laughs) But keeping it in... I mean, if we're being honest, even as a parent, like you don't really turn that off, if we're being honest. but. Like but ne- they'll never be like I was that. saying that to say that a parent's job, as you mentioned in so many words, isn't really to be the child's friend. I know for me personally, I didn't agree with this for a lot of times, but it took me getting older to understand a lot of what my parents were trying to teach me. And that is, is that... Cause see, when you're young, as he was as he was talking about, your mind is all over the place. Your mind jumps from one thing to the next, to this, to that. You may even hold on to some things that you think is true, but when you get older, you kind of able to understand and realize like certain things. Ah, I can let go of certain things. Oh, they're staying. Let me process it. Whatever. But for the most part, when you're young. You know, cognitively speaking, your mind isn't fully developed yet. You know, um, 
you know, if we're if we're looking at it from an Eric's Ericksonian, yes, I made that up. Ericksonian standpoint. I mean, um, that works. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and Erickson, around yeah, around yeah, yeah Eric Erickson, like around teenage years, you're you have like an identity crisis in a lot of ways. So a lot of that stuff comes up, um, you know, and could subsequently follow into adulthood, but it's not, well, it kind of falls in line with this topic too, relating to identity, but getting back to my original point, as a parent, they're to offer sound teaching and sound guidance. It's not that parents don't love. It's not a question of love. It's not a question of support. It's just a parent's job is to train a train up a child in the ways of this world. So when Z was mentioning not putting anything extra on it, it's because a it's because a parent understands this world's dynamics. That there's a lot that the world is going to attack you with in terms of your identity that doesn't revolve just around your sexuality. In the case of Zaya, you know, they're African-American. Right. Upper class. Right. What is it? The eldest or the second child? Uh, Zaya is the technically the second oldest. The second oldest, right? So, you know, there's different ways that this world is going to come at a child or a person that doesn't just revolve around sexual sexual identity. It's all parents' job is to not just protect their kid. But to, again, train them up to let them know, like, look, this is what's out there. This is what's going on. And for the first 18 years, first 25 years, whatever, they want to train them and protect them from that. Now, like Z mentioned, when you get out there and you on your own, if it's still with you, then that's your choice. And... As he was mentioned, you can hate your parent, you can despise your parent, whatever, but your child is look your parent is looking out for your well being, believe it or not. And if we're taking it a step further, if we're being honest, if you really, really sit and really ask yourself and really begin to question a lot of those feelings, those thoughts, those this and the third, you'll be surprised how empty and how invalid and how inaccurate they are because at least for me in terms of your expression of who you are I believe the confusion nowadays is that as much as we talk about not you know about changing gender norms about changing you know gender roles as much as we talk about changing all of this stuff, we still we still operate from that own mindset of it's just like, oh, if a... I think we perverted it. Yeah. If we're going to talk about changing gender roles 
and whatnot. It wasn't necessarily, I mean, if we look at where that became, where, where that's an issue, if you will, it's not even from this generation. It's from generations like past, like around mm-hmm. women's lib time, which was what, early 1900s. And the gender role issue was that women were always stuck. A lot of it comes from that aspect because women were stuck in a space of they could only cook, clean, be a Mm -hmm. housewife. And that was it. It's like the whole working aspect and starting your own business thing. And none of that was even the case. Like down to, I can even talk about my grandmother, 1920s. She wanted to be a missionary that was outside of this country. And they were like, you are a black woman. It's not happening. But 2020 Aziza can do that. And I've traveled over all over this country in a ministerial um, capacity, but my grandmother couldn't do that. So that right there is a live example of what the what, uh, an aspect and foundational reason as to why they wanted uh, us as a culture, us as a society, really wanted to change the gender norms because we we're saying that women couldn't do something and they could. And then let's speak to the uh, the even deeper underlying issue of them saying that men. Uh, should not show this. They shouldn't be like this. They shouldn't do this. And really men should be able to explore that other side and be like this, like saying like emotions Mm -hmm. and being more emotional or, or choosing to cook more than uh, be outside in construction. Um, I mean, you know that again, examples, but the thing is, is that it, that was something that was articulated, um, really to allow us to break out of the men do this women do this and that's it not so much for what we have perverted it to be as a culture and okay well that's good that men men are not just going to do this women are not just going to do that well let's also explore the um possible possible anxiety of a man being stuck in his body and feeling like he needs to be a woman or vice versa. Mm-hmm. This The dysphoria is what it's called. Gender dysphoria. But I just want to, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Go ahead. Well no, and I, well, no, and I just say that because, you know, again, in terms of the roles and the expressions, it's like you said, it's like it still falls into that well it can only be this or it can only be that when it's just like if we're being honest like you know as you mentioned I think you know and I think Jaden Smith is a prime example of this it's just like you know why can't and he and he definitely went there and boldly did it too it's like walk down the street in a dress with tennis shoes Mm -hmm. you know or you know, for a girl's standpoint, like walk down the street with no hair on there. Like, yeah, Willow, with no Willow hair. and Jaden did it. Like they looked just alike for yeah. a while because neither of them had hair. Right. And did it, As but still, <laughs> but still be, you know, oh, but, you know, I'm so attracted to the opposite sex. Right. It's like, why can't, like, why, like in terms of that regard, because, and I say, and I say that to say, as he had mentioned, it's still that perverted thing of now it's no limits as to well why can't we do this or why can't we do that because even still in asking that 
if we're being honest, there needs to be a barrier as far in terms of how far it can go or we can go. Because if not, you're giving the enemy room to which he's already doing for a number of people to lead you astray. And it can affect uh, people on a larger scale, which we were just talking about. Um, and yes, we're going to go there, y'all. Okay. Um, when I lived in Atlanta and what I saw in Atlanta and it tripped me out because um, okay. that was known as Chocolate City. Still is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the downside to it is that as a single at the time, I was a definitely hands down a single black woman. And, um, most of the men, and there were so many black men, it was like, wow, most of them were gay though. Like most mm. of them were gay. And then you had some that were bisexual. And I worked, um, the company that I worked for, for the, uh, for a short period of time while I was there, there were probably at least 1500 employees between a thousand and 1500 employees. For the most part, all of them were black. I think we had a handful of people that were not black. Everybody else was black. And I was probably one of maybe, maybe 50 that was straight. Mm. And there were a lot of, a lot of men that worked there as well. And I was, when we were talking about this um, (laughs) earlier this week, it was like, and it was something that I had said a long time ago. I had not, I have not said this in a while, but I dare I say, it's almost like a genocide. And if we want to go even deeper, I don't find it coincidental that you have so many black males that are now in a space of uh, wanting, not necess- that are now homosexual, identifying with the community in that way and that's not a bad thing however the procreation aspect of things is not really happening like it should and like it did and so there literally is like an attack on the black family and it's very interesting to see and i don't knock um i don't knock interracial marriage love it uh hello all throughout my family um but I see that being a problem. And I'm also seeing the connection of, wow, like we have a whole giant booming boom in community, which is great. I mean, by all means, be free to be yourself if that is yourself. But at the same time, it's like you got a whole people that are suffering in this instance. You have a whole family unit that can be strong very very strong and we given what we just talked about like it's necessary to re-identify ourselves as who we are um still loving everybody but still being strong in our culture yet our culture our very culture as african americans is that is a big aspect of it and i saw it with our men and that's and any black woman any african-american woman and it, even African-American men would say the same thing. Like, like if you look at that from an objective objective standpoint, like very objectively, it's like, well, dang, what's going on with us? Like that, like we can't, we, we're not even having family in that way. Like we, it's like because of what we're choosing to identify with from a gender standpoint, 
whatever that looks like for some they some believe it's because it's by birth that this happened others know that it's not birth but it's what they choose to be whatever that is it's an attack on what we know as a black family so and that can be a strong unit but it's like slavery time all over again <laughs> but all right um it's it's <laughs> well you were saying that i was thinking of something my uh my Sunday school teacher said and she was talking and we were and right now we're talking about character and we're talking about godly character and spiritual character and she was talking about how you know a lot of times life will have you thinking that you have to be this way in order to make it in this world that based off of your experiences what you've gone through that ultimately life will shape your identity and if you're not careful, you can believe you can come to believe that identity. Right. And what we were really talking about though, and that is is that and I think what she was getting at was really really getting back to and not even so much getting back to, it's allowing it's allowing God and his spirit to really show you who who he destined you to be. Wow. And a big part of that is really unlearning and letting go of what you think you know about yourself. Right. Letting go of the labels and the identities, air quotes, mm. that you think you are or that other people have put on you. Right. And really really understanding what it means to be free and really understanding what it means to be his child, his servant, his, what it means to be a Christian ultimately, because as you have read, we are reflections of him. And so to really understand what that means is to really open yourself up to, well, what does he say that I am? You know, because again, this world is going to give you good and bad things about you. That's real. And for God, it's like, you're not, you're not, even though we were born as we, as we have referenced in the last episode, Mm -hmm. we all have trauma. So all of us individually though, we all have things about us that we may not like, that we don't like, you know, there's a lot of things we don't like about ourselves that we even hate about ourselves. And to God, he can even use that for good if we let him and show you and even show you even beyond that, all that you are. Right. And all that he made you to be because... Again, this word is going to give you both good and bad. Right. And everybody, if we're being truthful, all of us are chasing and trying to find that place where we can feel good all the time. Right. That's and not reality. It's not this reality. And so that's why if we're not careful, we can get caught up in trying to live our quote unquote best life 
here on this side of heaven and miss out on the deeper implications of life and the deeper, really just the depth of life. Right. Trying to feel good all the time or to not have carefreeze when it's just like, this shouldn't be our heaven because if we're being honest. It's temporary. Right. If death, I mean, and that's the thing that I think is going to, our next topic too, we're getting on, is like if we look at just those who we lost this year alone, whether unexpected, well, a lot of it was unexpected, like just the deaths that we lost just these two months alone is a reminder that this world is temporary. This side of heaven that we live on we're on a time crunch, if you will. Always. So, instead of trying to chase, trying to live well, trying to make ourselves feel good, trying to do that. Well, there's a way to better this world. Right. Like, how can we really connect? And where can it start in you so that you it can, can rip- be a positive? Right. Uh, change in this world right (laughs) no and yeah because it's just you know it's it can't be sunshine and rose petals all the time it's really not it's gotta rain sometimes too that's the way you grow right that's the way the the way to grow right no different for us (laughs) so it's you know and again like segueing a bit but saying that to say that in this life Contrary to popular belief, like, you're going to go through things. And it's not always going to feel good all the time. And as much as as we want to be at peace and be at ease all the time, which we can as as best as we could, but Mm -hmm. some days are going to be worse than others. And, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned... A lot about what we like, how we need to view our our lives. And I just thought about how we try to change things when we're not comfortable, just like you you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it wasn't so readily available to change, would we even be so quick to change? Um, And let's use the various gender identities is one because gender identity was not really a thing. Um, not until very recently, if we're looking at the grand scheme of um, this country, <laughs> just in general, it wasn't, it's not something that we would in the past, even 40 years ago, even 30 years ago would even consider. Um, well, I'll we'll say 40, cause I know there was a, a big movement in New York um, aside from Frisco that was, um, very heavy on that, but not so much in the trans life of things. Um, now it's so easily acceptable. So a lot of people are so are more quick to be like, all right, well, at this point, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going to do. And we're not just seeing that with adults. You're seeing it with children because it's available and because it's something that is becoming more and more acceptable. 
but I wonder how many people would even go the route of changing in that way if it wasn't so available and also and and as acceptable and how many people would actually spend the time or take the time to begin to address or actually look at okay why am i feeling like this well i think more i think and i mean if we think about it again going with going back to that perverting a rose it's like In terms of, like I said, in terms of expression, because I was just thinking about when I was taking my history of sexuality class, like, you know, there were men back in, I believe it was the 60s or 70s, I think, where mm-hmm. there were there were heterosexual men who late at night like to dress up as women and go right. dance. Right. Big move in Chicago. You know, but, and again, during the day would still dress in suits, would still go to work, like... And, but they knew they were straight. They just liked to do that. Right. You know, same with women. There were women who liked to dress up as men, mm-hmm. go out at night, have a good time. And I think the shift happened, which is kind of what we were thinking to earlier before we started. It's mm-hmm. it's the all or nothing right. thinking. And it's just like, oh, if you do this, oh, if you do that, or you engage in this, or you act like this, oh, then you must be this. Right. And it's a label. Right. And it's, and it's, we have to be careful with that because. It becomes our identity or part of it. Right. And that can really shape you. And again, that can shape everything about you. You're thinking the way you view yourself and you can start doubting who you are and thinking like, well, it must be true because. They said I'm this. I like this. I do do (laughs) this. I do talk about, you know, I do talk like this. I do act this way. So maybe I am. And you just, like you said, because it's readily available, because it's acceptable, Mm -hmm. more or less nowadays, depending on where you are, it's like, oh, let me go ahead and do this and make it official. But it's like, really ask yourself, and that's why I was saying, again, in terms of your expression, how you express yourself is how you express yourself. And I think circling back to when we started, it's like, really, in terms of your sexual identity and how you do all that, really, that is your business. Right. Like, I don't need to re- I don't need to know what you do. If we're being honest, many people don't really care what you do. Right. That's really <laughs> that's really between you and your partner and who and what you do behind closed doors because right. I don't need to know what goes on behind you know, in your home. I don't need to know that. So you being free. Oh, so what you mean is I so I'm I'm <laughs> Me being free is not me posting it all over social media. <laughs> oh, okay. Because one of the things with freedom <laughs> is knowing part of freedom is a responsibility. Right. And part of that responsibility, too, is knowing that certain things you don't need to let the world know. You don't need to let people know that's your business. Right. It does not have to be blessed on social media. Yeah, it's like... Real. Just because you keep something private doesn't mean you have something to hide a lot of the time. It's just, that's your business. Like, right. as an adult, I remember my mom telling me very clearly, she's like, when you were an adult, I don't need to know your business. Right. That's your business. Like, you feel like that, com- that, comes with, that comes with being an adult. 
there's a lot of things that privately that you do, privately you engage in. That's your business. <laughs> don't nobody need to know that. You know, you an adult, you can make decisions. You know, if you if you can if you can understand the consequences that come with your choices and be ready to take what come with it. That's really all really being an adult is that. So again, kind of wrapping this up though, again, disclaimer, nobody is any type of phobic anyway, Definitely any type not. of anything, all we're trying to convey in this episode is is to really think about your identity and to really, if you strip away all of the labels, all of what you've experienced and really get into the core of who you are, really ask yourself, who are you? Well, if you like certain things, like engaging in certain things, behaving in some way, doesn't automatically mean that you're this label. Right. You're still you. You don't have to be that label if you don't want to. The power and freedom of choice is given to all men. So. And you don't have to change it if you don't, just because you might feel some kind of way, figure out why you feel that kind of way. Don't make the whatever major change and permanent change the only option to not feel that kind of way. Don't mm-hmm. just because it's there. Like, really deal with that. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, I got to be this. No, that might not be the case. Is there something that happened? Is there right. something that you are still, that you, that's still, on? I don't know, on your mind or something mm-hmm. that you still remember? that you know you need to get that you need to work through what whatever it may be but don't make such a permanent decision from something that that needs to be um delved into more right like don't don't change everything because that's your issues are still going to be there right you changing the outside or changing how you identify is not going to change the fact that there is a problem well and with that, we are signing off. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are signing off. Um, again, I hope that wasn't triggering for people, for those of you who listened. And if it was, oh, DM. We apologize. Yes, DM us. Say it loud. S-S-A-Y it loud. Yep. Lubbies and heartstrings. Um, again, we, again, we just want to leave you thinking about identity and to ultimately really to just begin healing yourself and healing from labels, from past dramas, from past hurts, from, you know, misinterpretations, misunderstandings, mislabeling, misdirections that as a result has affected your life in some way. And just know people don't need to accept you for you to for you to be solidified in yourself because it's very interesting that in the community wise lgbtq plus um acceptance seems to be the thing that's needed either you accept either you accept us or you don't and it's interesting that that's dictated that your entire 
viewpoint or stance on other people is dictated by if they accept you or not. That's exactly what you're supposed to be trying to get away from. But yet it's right there still. All right, I digress. Proof of that. We are signing off. Yes. Catch us next time. <laughs> we will be talking about some major untimely deaths mm -hmm. and the implications behind it. Um, coming at you sometime in March. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Love y'all. Have a blessed week. Love y'all. Happy Black History Month. Deuces. Catch y'all later. Peace On the out. Flip side. <laughs>